It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with your hosts, Karen Frazier and me, Chucky G. Hi, Karen. How's it going? Howdy. <laughs> wow. Howdy, partner. It's going to be Howdy, the old Wild I'm West getting, show tonight. No, I'm getting into character because remember, I have to do that kids Halloween party next oh, Friday. That's right. And I, I'm going to be a cowgirl, so I'm getting into I'm getting into character. Howdy, howdy. That's all I know. That's all I got. Get along, little doggies. <laughs> Lord, so we'll wand her up, man. That rubber band is tight, folks. So wait, so if you're a cowgirl, cowgirl, right for Halloween? Well, uh, a cow middle aged lady, but yes. Okay. Well, I mean, what do you have? Like a you have a cow hat, a cow a cow hat. I have a cowboy hat. Cowboy. I'll wear it yeah. next week for you on the show. Okay. Um, I'll put it just right over my headphones. It'll be adorable. Okay. I have cowboy boots, and then you know I got jeans and plaid shirts and stuff, so I can do it. It's cool. Sounds I good. Yeah. Yeah. Get you gotta get one of those like ropes where you. Go, you know these are these are kids who are like eight and under for the most part, so they don't need a spectacular costume. No, you don't think so. I mean, mm-hmm. they could be pretty demanding at eight years old. You know, be like, where's your gun? Where's your gun? You know, it's I mean? all about. Well, I don't. Ha- I I could carry a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll go really well with the parents, huh? Let me show you my gun. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. It's funny, but I don't think it's a good idea. You're probably scared mm-hmm. to poo right out of him. And so, I do have, Jim has ropes of all kinds because, you know, he used to mount, climb mountains. So, and he doesn't throw anything away as we've previously discussed. And is there other reasons why he keeps those ropes around the house by chance? We don't need those. We've got the swing for that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, hey, you know who's on the show tonight. It's a friend of yours. Uh, I know. It's Katie Montana. Katie Montana Jordan, the occult specialist from Oregon Paranormal and my friend. And um, I love her. And you love her. And she's beautiful. I love her. I just wanted to say that. But anyways. Yes. I yes. know. But uh, yes, I'm looking forward to talking about, uh, is it occultism that we're going to be talking about? The oh, you know, we'll talk about whatever. I found it pretty interesting when you look up occultism, which just means something hidden. Uh, it's basically, we, we're all in the paranormal. We're all in the occult, basically. Yes. Just pretty much round that right off there. And what I find really funny is when people go, oh, the occult, it's evil. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Well, it also, it also uh, connects to uh, religion, too. So uh, on everybody. I am incredibly evil, Chuck. Well, I, well, I know you can be. I've seen the evil side to you. Yeah, but that's only about, you know, for a couple days, every 28 days or so, and it goes away. (laughs) Oh, is that what they call it? Being evil? Is that what they call it? It's a new name now? Being bitchy. I I think that's what you're alluding to. Um, All right, well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's roll into, you know, that time of the the show. Sharon, will you do that? All right. When the world gets weird and things don't make any sense, it's news of the strange and the odd. 
That is correct, folks. It is news of the strange and the odd. As well as Skype is is strange and odd right at this point. But anyway, um, so here, the first one I got is, is kind of interesting. It's from a little bit ways back, but I found it, and I've never talked about it, so I just found it pretty interesting because with this other stuff going on that I've seen on Facebook, it kind of fits. I'll explain. Alien-built structure found, okay? So scientists flagged one particular star as interesting and bizarre. The star was emitting a light pattern that looked stranger than any of the other Kepler was watching. The light pattern suggests this is a big mess of matter circling the star in tight formation. That would be expected if the star were young. When our solar system first formed four and a half billion years ago, a messy disk of dust and debris surrounding the sun before gravity organized it into planets and rings of rocks and ice. But this unusual star isn't young. If it were young, it would be surrounded by dust and that would give off an extra infrared light. There doesn't seem to be an axis of infrared light around the star. And yet... There is a mess of objects circling it, a mess being big enough to block a substantial number of photons that would have otherwise beamed into the tube of the Kepler Space Telescope. If blind nature deposited this mess around the star, it must have been done so recently. Otherwise, it would have been gone by now. Gravity would have consolidated or would have been sucked into the star and swallowed after a brief fiery splash. This light pattern doesn't show up anywhere else on across 150,000 stars. We know that something strange is going on here. Uh, Jason Wright, an astronomer from Penn State University, is set to publish an alternative interpretation of the light pattern. S-E-T-I researchers have long suggested that we might be able to detect distant extraterrestrial civilizations by looking for enormous technology artifacts orbiting around stars. Okay. Wright and his co-authors say the unusual star's light pattern is consistent with a swarm of megastructures, perhaps stellar light collectors, technology designed to catch energy from stars. Uh, whether uh, showed me the uh, when he showed me the data, I was fascinated by how crazy it looks. Uh, aliens should also have always be the last you know hypotheses you consider, but this looks like something you expect an alien civilization to build. So they're saying there's this this thing moving around it, and it might actually be pulling energy from the star uh, to charge itself. So what do you think about that? What do you think? I wish I could respond, but Skype cut off like half of that, and so I didn't hear most of what you said. Oh, okay. Well, that's a fair so enough So I analogy. could say something intelligent, but it wasn't <laughs> very intelligent. Yeah, basically, to, to summarize it, they were talking about the, uh, through the Kepler's telescope that they were seeing these things spinning around, in the, in the, around the planet and the, around the star, and basically it was blocking out light and stuff like that. And so usually that shouldn't be happening, according to what they're saying. And so they're thinking of some kind of a megastructure. And it also looked like it was actually pulling energy from the actual star it was going around. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That, interesting. Know. And I liked mm-hmm. that they very scientifically called it a mess. Yes, yes. Mess in debris. That's a, I guess, very scientific. Flotsam mm-hmm. and jetsam it is. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go to the second one. Hopefully, you will stay through the whole thing. Can you see me yet, or are you still, am I no, still blind? No, it doesn't. Oh, for the love of God. Okay. We'll figure it out War- at break. That's okay. Wardrobe with satanic head blamed for ghostly activity. Okay, this came from uh, sure. westerndailypress.com.uk. Yeah, it's actually interesting. All right, so staff in an antique shop in Devon had been spooked by a series of ghostly occurrences, believed to have been caused by a haunted wardrobe. The ornate piece of furniture which features a satanic head carving has had such a chilling effect, the store owners are now desperate to get rid of it. Uh, ever since the antique shop brought the haunted item early this year, they claim odd things have been happening 
happening on a daily basis. There have been reports of customers being unable to shut the wardrobe by someone pushing it from the inside. There have also been reports of it unlocking and opening by itself. Other customers have complained the shop is significantly colder near the wardrobe, right? while some also sense that the presence of a ghostly child nearby. The owner, Linda Bell, 54, says things have gotten so bad she now cannot wait to find a buyer for it. She says the haunted reports only started when they brought the early 20th century item that features a large imposing carved hat on the door. She says, we just want to get rid of it now. Some strange things have been going on in the shop since we got this piece of furniture. Two regular customers have been to view the cupboard and both have said they sensed the presence of a little girl. We got the cupboard from an ordinary home and we had no odd things going on before we had the cupboard in our shop. The customers who did not know anything about the cupboard have complained that the end of the shop where it is, is very cold. So, all right, so just because it has a satanic hat on it means it's <laughs> like haunted and evil. I mean, well, it could be just spirit attachment. I mean, I agree it, it, there. It, what do you it think? Could, yeah, it could. I mean, I believe that the objects have things attached all the time, and people may perceive them as evil, but that doesn't mean they are. However, when you see something that looks evil, then anything that happens in accordance with that or, you know, in conjunction with that, Probably mm-hmm. does. Um, you you sort of may interpret it as evil, right? Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah because I mean, I, when you look at, it, yeah, of course, it looks really cool and creepy, and you know, like yeah, I can see why. But you know, that's that's the atypical uh, response in anything within the paranormal. Is you know, right. just because it looks creepy, it has to be creepy, right? No, not, ne- not necessarily. All right, and the last thing on the news I got, it's it's, it's not a really big story or anything, but I just thought this. Oh, no. The 42nd Annual World Championship Pumpkin Way-Off featured a selection of monstrous vegetables. Okay, this comes from the Huffington Post. Chuck, did we lose you again? Okay, so Chuck, I'm sorry. Now that you're back, would you like to try yes. that last story again? No. <laughs> no, I'll try it again. I read the whole thing and nobody heard me, did they? The no. whole thing about the giant pumpkin. 2,332-pound pumpkin? Summarize it. <sighs> all right. All right. So they, th- this guy grew a pumpkin. It was 2,332. I think it was 2,332 pounds. Um, and he's from the state of Oregon, by the way. Oh, um, mm-hmm. Yes, it wasn't. That, it wasn't the. That nicely. Yes, it wasn't the. Um, wh- it didn't hold the world record, but it was the biggest one they had gotten uh, that, that contest. I think it was huge. It was like on some giant, like cart thing you know with a trailer pulling and everything it was gigantic i don't know i don't even know how the heck those things grow that big but what are you going to do with it anyways i don't think you can eat it i don't think you well you could carve it i suppose right i have a suggestion yes backyard trebuchet what is what a catapult a yard oh my you kill you could kill a small family with that thing (laughs) it would have to be one hell of a catapult to lift that stuff (laughs) off the ground (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, you know, every year, I think they show it at Thanksgiving or like between mm. Halloween and Thanksgiving is the annual pumpkin chunking contest. Have you ever watched that? No, I've never seen the pumpkin. Oh, my God, contest. it is amazing. They really? People build these trebuchets and catapults, and there's some that are mechanical, and there's some that are like actually motor driven. And yeah, and they, they and chunk they shoot pumpkins. The, and they shoot them off? Yeah, it's called chunking or pumpkin chunking. You should look for it on TV. It's. It is the best. We watched it when the kids were little. We've watched it since the kids were little. Every year we would watch that with them. Wow. Oh. No, I never heard of that. That sounds actually kind of fun. I'd, I'd like to chuck some pumpkins. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, being married to Techie McScience Geek, the engineer, he um, always 
watches it and tells us how he could do it better. He, he used to oh. do that with, uh, there was a TV show that used to be on too called Master Blasters, where it mm-hmm. was, they would design rockets to do these challenges and they would have competitions with the rockets. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, and he used to watch that too and say how crappy their rockets were and how everything he could do was better. But interestingly, when we watched mm-hmm. football, he also yes. tells me how he could coach the team better. And call plays better. So there's a theme that runs through all of these things. I'm not sure if you're picking up on it. Yeah, I'm picking up on some kind of a control theme going on there or something like that. that No, he just thinks he's smarter than everybody. (laughs) I could do that better. I could do that too. I could do that too. Does he ever jump in there and try to, like, when he says to do that, he's going to jump in there and do that? Or does he just say he likes to do well, that? Well, we're watching it on TV. I'm not sure how, unless our TV suddenly becomes magical and he can jump through it and wrestle the trebuchet <laughs> oh, away be- from somebody. Give me he that. Phone. The phone. I'm calling down there right now. I got I to play what I tell him. You know, you never know. <laughs> oh, that's right. Let me, call, let me call the coach. Coach, yeah. you're running too yeah, many it's... running plays. <laughs> Who the heck is this? It's Jim. I'm telling you. Listen Man, to me. Jim I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hang up, some crazy guy on the phone. Hang up right now. Oh, so yeah, yes. so that's pretty much the, that's pretty much the news of the strange and the odd. I got through most of it. Hopefully, you heard most of it. I enjoyed yes. talking. I think I think that we'll reset at break and Skype will Skype will give us a break. That is my fondest wish this evening. It, let's let's wish. visualize it, and it will be so. Uh huh. We know how that works. Uh-huh, that uh-huh, works very uh-huh. good, by the way. It does work. By yeah. Way. Yeah. Manifesting. So so Chuck. Yes. It's like three weeks until you come out and see me. Mm-hmm. November 18th. Dum, bum, bum, bum. I know. I'm going to be the one standing by baggage claim, jumping up and down like a jumping bee and yelling, you're here, you're here, you're here. <laughs> you're going to see me go, oh, that's what you look like in real life. Oh, go be, back on the plane. I should, be, I should plane. be pretty easy to recognize because I'm <laughs> jumping up and down like a, like a you know, a little. Oh, like, gee, I think that's dog. Karen over there. You going to hold the sign up? Welcome How'd you know it was Chuck me? E. No. <laughs> no, huh? Darn, I was hoping no. for a sign. I don't make no. signs. It would be really ugly and bad. I have many skills, <laughs> but, but lettering is not one of my skills. Yeah, it's okay. I understand. It's okay. It'll be fine. Um, so, uh, yeah, I saw Rick was in the chat saying I was, I was looking at porn or something like that. I don't know what that was all about. Not that I do this at all. In yeah, chat, that's what I said, listen to the chat. My chat's not working. <laughs> I guess my chat's not oh, working. That's okay. Your chat's not working. My 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 video's not working. It's a beautiful evening, folks. Yes, let's give it. Let's give Skype a hand. That's okay. We just roll right along. We just we're we are the consummate professionals. We just we're keep right on going. Well, yeah, I saw you guys. You guys took over when I was when I was supposedly reading my news to nobody, but that's okay. It's all oh, right. Oh, I see. Now I refresh chat, so I can now see that chat works. And Patty says that I should bring Monkey to meet Chuck. That is actually what is going to happen. Okay, monkey. monkey is Monkey oh. is coming with us. Yes. Maybe, maybe Monkey will recognize me by my voice, like that when I was doing that the one time I was talking to you. <laughs> One at the screen. <laughs> That's because you were eating and making eating sounds. <laughs> She's like looking for the food. It's like, you can't have it. It's in Illinois. <laughs> I know. Well, she's probably going to rip your face off for that when she Oh, well, it. that's wonderful. I, I guess. Got something to look forward to and I land now. See, 
Karen jumping up and down and a monkey ripping my face off. I know I'll have, to wear a really, I'll have to wear a really supportive bra that day. Because I'm going to be jumping up and down. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we don't want to like knock yourself no, off. No, no, no. That would hurt. <laughs> <laughs> is, the, is, the, is the airport there, is it really big or sm- is it like a small no, airport? No, PX, Portland's, Portland's a small airport. Okay. Right. It's nice. I I live halfway between like Seattle and Portland, um, mm. between the two airports, and I will always fly out of Portland. I will not fly out of SeaTac because it's just such a ugh, monster. Well, that's how people are saying here too. Don't do it here. Just do Midway because it's smaller and easier to get through. So I'm like, whatever's smaller and easier, that's the way I'm going because I don't know what I'm doing anyways. Hopefully, I won't get lost and I'll make it from point A to point B. But you know, pretty yeah. much if I get on the right plane, I'll be fine. So yep. Okay, so let's do some promotional stuff before we um, go Hi. to break for our okay. guest. Um, so first of all, we need your dreams. Um, dreams. Uh, yes, we want to suck your dreams right out of your brain. Okay, <laughs> that's not what we want. We want you to send us your dreams so that I can interpret them in the magazine. I have a little dream interpretation column. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, whatever your weird dreams are, you can send them to Cheryl. Cheryl will make it anonymous so that nobody but Cheryl knows that you have weird dreams. And trust me, Cheryl knows all my neurotic crap. And I know all her neurotic crap, so she won't judge you. And neither will I, even though I don't know it's you. So email your dreams to editor at paranormalunderground.net. We would really like it. Uh, We'll answer in the magazine um, anonymously, of course. And Cheryl will also send you your very own private dream interpretation just so you get it before it's in the magazine. Wow. Yes. Also, um, coming up this weekend here in... Chehalis, Washington at the Lewis County Historical Museum. We still have a few spaces on our ghost tours. They are Saturday night, this coming Saturday. Um, I believe all of the spaces are at the 5 p.m. tour. You can call the museum 360-748-0831 and reserve a ticket. Um, I just rattled that off from memory, so you might want to double-check by Googling Lewis County Historical Museum and their phone (laughs) number to make sure, but I think that's the number. Um, And then also, this coming weekend up in Port Gamble, Washington, is the Port Gamble Ghost Conference. Um, Our guest tonight, Katie Montana, will be there as a speaker. A lot of really fantastic people from Washington and Oregon will be there, just not us, because we're doing a fundraiser for the museum, so we won't be up in Port Gamble. But you can Google Port Gamble Ghost Conference, find that. I know that there's a little bit of a fee for entrance, but you know what? It's totally worth it. The entire town is haunted. It's adorable. The weather is beautiful right now, so hey, come on out to the Pacific Northwest, guys, and uh, you know, get your ghost on. Get your ghost on. I like that. Ghost on. That's right. Well, I have nothing to promote. I already did my paranormal experience at the experience at the library. It turned out really well. Fifty people plus I had to turn some people away. It worked really, really well. I know. It's so exciting. And you promoted Mm -hmm. the show and hopefully some of them will be listening now. And if you are and you saw Chuck at the library, holla, thanks for listening. Holla. Yeah, that and the magazine too. I promote the magazine. I promoted everything I'm connected to. That's right. And you you got to see Chuck last night and now tuning in tonight, you get to hear his better half. (laughs) <laughs> oh i see how it is that's how it's gonna be all night huh all right well it's you know one tonight because you know karen and oh, our guests are other, friends so one yes. other thing yes, yes i am going to be on anarchy radio tonight at 9 30 p.m pacific that's right mm-hmm. Ooh, miss guest boo 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 yeah i'm gonna be a guest on the show um i just 
search Anarchy Radio Portland or I will look for the link when we go on break and um, we'll make sure that we get it out to you and we get it in the chat room. So that if anybody wants to come and listen to Anarchy Radio because they love having the paranormal peeps on and, and having a little spooky t- chat this time of year, I guess. So I'm it. I'm spooky. You are spooky. spooky old Karen. Can't be spooky. I agree. Yeah, I know. <sighs> All right, so let's go to break so that All we can right. try and reset and get everything working the way it should on our end again. Um, we appreciate you sticking with us through our yeah. multitude of technical difficulties this evening. It's not MixLR. It is Skype. I'd just like to say that now, and probably now Skype is going to come and kidnap me and drag me away and beat me for speaking that a lot aloud on the air, but it is what it is. So... We're going to break. We're coming back. We're going to be talking to my friend, Katie Montana Jordan, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. No, that's the end of the show. So stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark on MixLR. We'll be right back. Promise. We'll be right back. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas, then get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at Paranormal UG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it. Right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. Hello, hello, hello. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. We are back on MixLR with me, Chucky G, and my co-host, the, Car- the, 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 the Karen Frazier. The Karen <laughs> Frazier. She's a trademark now. There you go. Hey. hey. And then That's we have right. our... We have our wonderful guest, uh, Katie Montana Jordan, has who has joined us. Hopefully, Skype will hold up the whole time because evidently I keep freezing and they can't see me. I don't know what's going on. I can see everybody fine, so you know. But anyways, hello, hi, Katie. Hello, hi, hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. So um, you're here. So what are we chatting about? What are we going to talk about? We're talking about the occult. We talking about what <laughs> because else? it's we your talk- show. We it's we your show. What are we talking about? <laughs> Come on, tell me what you want to talk about. What are you talking about? Oh. Now? My goodness. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, well, let's see. What do I want to talk he has about? Like a whole, he has like a whole page of notes because he prepares for these shows and I do not. <laughs> yeah, so, unlike me. Okay. All right, let's, let's start here. So we talk about the, we bring up the word occult, okay? Of course, it brings up the wonderful visions of evil and Satan and all that terrible stuff. Um, where in, in, all, in, all, in all honesty, occultism is... Anything hidden, like we're we're talking about the paranormal, that's occultism. Um, exactly. So, so 
if that's true, where, where do you, you do you specialize in a, a certain end of all this? I mean, because I know you're into the paranormal, but is there something in particular you specialize on within this? Um, that's a good question. Um, I am a member of Oregon Paranormal as well as Paranormal Research and Investigations. Oregon Paranormal is out of Portland, Oregon, here where I am. And Paranormal Research and Investigations is out of Washington. And my title within Oregon Paranormal is the Occult Specialist. And I am also our Client Relations Consultant, but uh, I am primarily the Occult Specialist. So that means that I have more of a background in occultism and all things related to occultism, specifically academic theology. And I am able to apply that to certain potential cases, clientele, whatever it is that Oregon Oregon Paranormal may need out of it. So, for example, if um, we get a call about somebody that was dealing with an energy working tool like a Ouija board, I'm going to be the person that they want to talk to about that. Okay. Um, all right. Let's, let's let's just roll right into that. So, Ouija boards, your tool your... of Satan. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Or is it like an EVP session? I know well, what I think. <laughs> well, I like the way they I like the way they call it the Ouija board, but that's just a patent name anyway. It's just it's a talking board, a spirit board exactly. anyway. So, um, so what uh, what are your what are your feelings on these spirit boards? Jackie, I love you for asking me this question. I have such a hard time keeping my mouth shut when it comes to the tool of Satan. The tool of Satan. (laughs) Um, I do not agree that the spirit board in itself is evil. I think that it is just a energy working tool. So you can, you've got a your pendulum, you've got your uh, SB7, you've got anything that you may use, your pen that you hold in your hand. Anything is a tool because you're using it for something. So I don't think that a Ouija board is evil nor good in itself. I think it's all based off of the intent of the person that wants to use it. So if you're going to try to use a Ouija board or another tool to commit crimes or to do something evil, then... Yes, it's being used as an evil conduit, but the Ouija board itself is not evil. Okay. Uh, so where did, can I ask a question, no, Chuck, real yeah, quick? Sure, where sure. did the idea come from then? When did the belief start? And I think I know that uh, talking boards are, you know, gateways, portals to hell. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, an <laughs> opening to become possessed. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you're asking me primarily. Where did that start? Um, I don't really know where that started. That's a good question. Um, It probably was, it's not going to be one thing. It's going to be a series of historical events. And I actually mentioned this in um, my spot that I did with Oregon Paranormal Radio, that a lot of people have a hard time with occultism because of Hitler. Hitler was a very smart man and he was very interested in the occult. So, of course, he was an evil person and he did have a... evil will and evil intent we know that but uh he also tarnished occultism as the academic study that it is so i think it's going to be we know that spirit boards have been around for thousands of years some form of spirit board some form of talking board and now what chucky said we call uh, a ouija board so i think just over time uh bad people have just figured out how to do bad things with it but again the ouija board itself is not bad so you're saying it's how you wield it is what's going to turn out to be absolutely so, 
All right, so here's another question I have. I, 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 I really never have asked anybody about this, but because, um, you know, when you talk about spirit boards or even uh, the SP7 or you go into a haunted location and you leave, opening or closing the door, like saying, okay, we like when they say you're using the spirit board, you open up the, you open up the, the doorway or whatever, they come through, you do the communication, then you close the doorway, or say you go to a said place and you say, okay, I'm here, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now I'm leaving now. You can't come with me. How much... How much power, for lack of another word, do, do, how much power does that really wield? I mean, can you really tell a spirit, uh, okay, I'm done with you now. Thanks for visiting. Go away. You know what I mean? I mean, what, <laughs> what's, your thoughts, what's your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, to me, it's kind of odd because it's like if they're where we can't see them, how do we know they've gone away? Uh, you know, this, kinda, this is the, the thought process I go through. So what do you think about that? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, I want to know what, what Karen thinks about this, too. That's a really great question. But... For me, uh, that's the thing of it in our line of work. I say this all the time. I absolutely love what I do uh, being a paranormal researcher, but our line of work is such a crapshoot. How are we ever going to know? How are we ever going to prove or disprove? But that's also uh, the exciting thing. That's also the exciting part about what we do. So for me, um, you by all means, you can definitely set boundaries. You can definitely... Um, make your protective circle, whatever it is that, that people do individually for themselves uh, in and outside of investigations. But uh, with a Ouija board, again, because I do not think with all of my experiences that the Ouija board itself is evil, therefore the Ouija board itself is not going to be a portal for demons or hell or <laughs> Karen's, Karen's agreeing with me. <laughs> okay. So Karen, what do you feel about this? Speak for it. Well, I uh, have said many times, and I know there are many people who vehemently disagree with me, and I understand that, but I do not believe in the presence of true spiritual evil. I don't believe that true spiritual evil exists. I think that evil exists in realms of human beings um, and probably other embodied beings as well, but I don't think that there's such a thing as spiritual evil. I think that there's only love, ultimately, and that once we get separated from that, that's when we start See, that's, acting that's the, evilly. That, yeah, that's the problem I have because I still believe in spiritual evil. I do believe that if, if you're, if, you know, because I mean, good and evil is just is dualistic in how you look at it anyways, you know, I mean, because one thing can be good or evil. Like, take fire, you know, fire is like, hey, it's all warm and that's cooking my food. Oh Next my God, it's burning, burning my, my house down. Yeah, my house down, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, yeah, now it's not so good, you know, now, now, it's, now you're looking at it as it's bad or evil or whatever. It's like so, bacon. Bacon is really yeah. good until it splatters you right. or gives you a heart attack. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. So, but I mean, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, I, I think that if there's good and evil on this side, there has to be good and evil on the other side. I mean, I don't see how you can wash it all away. I mean, I understand when you go to the other side, you repent and you're supposed to be forgiven and blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. And actually, Karen, as much as I love you, I agree with Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I went to a private Catholic college, and I'm not Catholic, but I wanted to go to a institution that had a very sturdy, a very strong theological curriculum, and um, Carol did. I went to Carroll College in Helena, Montana. And um, again, I'm not Catholic, but learning a lot about uh, early Catholic history and uh, sacraments and, and the ins and outs of the Catholic Church, um, I also I also agree with Chucky that um, that there is evil and that there is good. And 
I that's why I feel so strongly about paganism because paganism is essentially the root of all things that are natural and you've got light and you've got dark and you've got day and you've got night and you've got good and you've got evil you've got survival and you've got all of the the gray areas in between and there has to be a notion of duality that exists within the human world as well because it exists in the natural world and in the animal kingdom so for people to say that they believe in a god or a goddess or a or a creator and therefore they believe in the good spirits that come along with that belief and angels or spirit guides it's nonsensical, at least to me, to say that there are not the same spirits on the other end of the spectrum, just because that there has to be a notion of duality. I, I don't disagree with you. I believe that duality, however, is a concept that we have when we enter the illusion of separation from our source. But I think when it comes right down to it, the source is good. It's that we enter into the illusion of separation from the source. And that's where the duality comes in. But ultimately, in the ultimate spiritual sense, I believe that there's only good. So, and like I say, I know most people disagree with that. So, well, no, that's okay. But but yeah, because when I'm in the paranormal, I I don't, I've never run run across anything evil, even though I do believe that I've had, I've had negative, I've had some pretty negative, not so nice. No, I've uh, run across actual evil, but just just once, but you know, but I still think that that's, but. It, that's something that has is at least has the illusion of separation from the source. But yes, I do. I, and when I say ultimate, I, I mean ultimate spiritual. I do believe that there are good spirits and there are negative spirits and bad spirits and all of that. But I think ultim- ultimately it's all good and love. But we're pretty far separated from that in yeah. our experience. No, Karen, that's a really beautiful outlook. And that's um, uh, also a fundamental root within Buddhism as well, because you're just talking about the separation of uh, people and the things that they love and um, uh, what causes suffering. So, right. <laughs> went, Sorry, I uh, okay? had a few there. I, went down there. I, I took a drink and uh, just went down wrong. Whatever, eyeballs just laughing at everything I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I silly, wasn't laughing. Silly guests. So, so what, so what got you into it, this? What, I mean, what, what got you into the paranormal? You, yes. Uh, you. Uh, me? Me? You the guest, yes. The silly guest? Oh, thank yes. you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, <clears throat> I have a terrible memory, but one of the first things that I remember as a child is I was actually encountered, um, I had an encounter, I still don't know what it is. I had an encounter with what I believe was a very dark entity. So, uh, Chuck, the entities that you and I were, were just trying to convince Karen about. <laughs> um, I was no, a little no, I have experienced one of those. I, seriously, I have. <laughs> I was probably with you. Yeah, I know. Um, but I had uh, this malevolent spirit entity, energy, whatever it was, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. Hopefully, I'll be able to answer my own questions someday as I continue to research for myself. Um, I had this malevolent, dark, black, misty energy thing that basically stalked me um, when I was a little girl. And I can't tell you now, I don't remember how often it was, how sporadic it was. It was definitely more than a few times. And I don't remember if it was over the course of a year or if it was over the course of several years. And, um, I don't know what it was and why it came to me or if it was just something that I manifested or if I'm crazy and it, it wasn't really there, but that led me, um, 
you know, what everybody says, something happened to me and I, I started to check out books from the library. I started um, asking the right questions and then eventually uh, the more I became educated and the older I got, I uh, realized that there's just so much more out there theologically and philosophically and I had always, um, I've always been more geared towards the darker side of things. So again, not talking about um, angels and, and all the white, pretty, fluffy, sparkly stuff. I've always been more interested interested in the darker stuff. I've always been more interested in learning more about the taboo topics, and that is what occultism is. Interesting. So you're interested in the, the darker side of things because of your experience, or just because that's your interest, or is that kind of like the connection to both, I guess? Yeah, I guess it would be both, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, in, in the field, uh, I mean, when you when you go on an investigation, are you are you investigating like the rest of us? Or are you taking a different angle to it when you go into an investigation with everybody else? Or I mean, you know what I mean? Like we're all, you know, I'm running around with my tools and stuff. And what are you doing at this point? I guess would be the question. You know, that is an excellent question. That would depend on where I am and who I am with. So uh, working with two different paranormal groups as well as always getting asked to do guest investigations with Karen and Patty of SSPR, for example. It really depends on, I know, I'm a lucky gal. Oh, <laughs> <guess>. silly guest. <laughs> um, it really <laughs> depends on what my team members and colleagues and the clientele call for. So with that said, Oregon Paranormal is a research-based organization, and uh, we're technological and um, then I also work with other groups that are a little bit more on the other end of the spectrum, and those those uh, circumstances are just as fun and educational for me because I'm able to branch out as an investigator and um, work more on my other abilities. So I do it all. Cool. Do, do you use like? Do you like? Um, do you like the technological tools per se, or I mean, do you use them and you like them, or are you more like old school, or what's what's with that? Absolutely. I'm probably 100% both. I, I believe very strongly in marrying our scientific investigative qualities with our psychical investigative qualities and understanding that both areas, that both avenues are so significant and why they're significant and why we have to continue to marry them in uh, the psychic field and the scientific field when we're investigating. Okay. Yes, are, are you done? Well, I was just waiting for you to finish with your questions. Well, no, I well, didn't and so, and so, Katie, no, you're not hogging. I talk to Katie all the time. It's okay. Oh, that's so, <laughs> Yeah. So I know that you are a psychic, and um, you actually work a lot like I do. We seem to pick up on a lot of the same things when we're in the same places. And yeah, so I, I know. I love working with you, Karen, because you and I, it's, it's actually crazy when we work together. And I know we talked about this most recently when I saw you at the Klondike, but uh, it's really yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's confirming, which is nice because um, I don't work with the tools, the technology, um, mainly because I'm really, really bad at it and I break things. <laughs> And, <laughs> yeah, and I have team members who do that. So, so are you are you more likely to work with the tools, or are you like me and you sort of let the let Casey or Michael yes. or somebody use the tools, and you still kind of yes. I'm definitely yeah. like you. I'm definitely like you because I, I know I know what I'm doing 
for the most part. <laughs> and I know what I'm good at and I know what works for me and I know what doesn't work for me. And uh, Casey, for example, hi Casey, Casey Goodwin, he's my team leader, uh, co-founder and co uh, and director of Oregon Paranormal. Um, Casey is also our technologies manager, so he is always in charge of all that stuff. He's a go-to guy. So um, I think Casey feels more comfortable not letting me fondle his expensive equipment. And I'm always like, Casey, can I play with this? I need more exposure to this. And, and so, he says, hi. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he bubble wraps it before he gives it yeah. to me. <laughs> I know the uh, so look no. and the response, so I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I have found, um, uh, since I've been a, a member of Oregon Paranormal these last couple of years, how important using technology really is. And, again, uh, there's always so many more tools that are coming out, so we're constantly learning and we're constantly having to uh, keep up with the field scientifically and technologically as well, which is extremely exciting. But, um, I again, I guess to answer your question, I, I like to do both. I use um, my other abilities as well as using the scientific equipment because both are just as important. Yeah. Now, PRI does things a little differently um, because he actually really tries to create solid experimental design. Michael White, you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what your role is with PRI with, within the design that he sets up? Absolutely. Michael White is the CEO and president of Paranormal Research and Investigations, and that's the other group that I work with out of Washington. And Michael White is amazing. Hi, Michael. Michael and I are doing dinner together tomorrow night. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so sorry. We're not going to be up there. I'm just really I bummed. know. Yeah, yeah, we're really disappointed. I, I wish that we had planned that a little bit better. Are you coming up it on was Sunday or just Patty? Um, oh, Patty's coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Jim is off work. If I can talk him into a drive up to Port Gamble, that might not be a bad thing. That would be great. Good. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, Michael. Anyways, Hi, Michael. Michael. Hi, Michael. So, um, Michael is um, extremely scientific minded so he is all about looking at everything from an analytical point of view and that's why I absolutely love working with Michael because I'm more on the other end of the spectrum so I'm constantly learning things from him and constantly being exposed and that helps me improve as a researcher um, but paranormal research and investigations um, <laughs> Michael he is always coming up with the most amazingly brilliant detailed paranormal experiments and um, the uh, most recent one that we worked on together was at the Walker Ames house in Port Gamble Washington I'm excited to spend some more time there this weekend and uh, we actually did uh, an experiment where we were uh, trying to see if a psychic that was in another town was able to physically move something, some objects within the house. And then um, we had a couple of us that were in uh, different groups, different areas of the house, working on different things psychically to see what we could come up with. And um, that article is very overdue uh, for Cheryl. I'm supposed to be writing that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised I haven't gotten in trouble for that yet. So that's coming. That'll be coming. She gets my you. stuff like a day before deadline. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's been working with me for a long time. And I've never met a deadline that I don't like to miss it with the magazine because just life gets in the way, you know. Yeah, I know. And again, October is our busiest time of the year, especially for me. I've been right. saying this nonstop. Like my mom, everybody's been upset with me because I haven't been returning phone calls. This is the busiest time of the year, personally and professionally. 
Yep, I know. This is we're very popular this month, aren't we? <laughs> I'm so popular. <laughs> I know. Well, and we just did that great event down at the Klondike with you guys that you yeah. you guys job and you had great turnout and we did we sold it out that was that was an honor we are very happy about that yeah it was it was a really good event we can talk about that when we come back from break and you can kind of talk about maybe some of the experiences and the uh the information about the Klondike because it's a cool place too so um let's do this let's go to break now Cheryl are you ready for break She's nodding at me. All right. So let's go to break. And when we come back, we'll be talking some more with Katie Montana Jordan. Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark here on MixLR. We'll be right back. Do you want to keep up with what's going on at Paranormal Underground? Then tweet us on Twitter at ParanormalUG. Or follow us on Facebook at Paranormal Underground. Meet us on MySpace, Paranormal Underground. There's no need to be in the dark about what's going on at Paranormal Underground. Join us on your favorite social networking site today. So you're looking for the best in Paranormal Radio. Well, you just found it right here on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark. Join me, Chucky G, and my awesome co-host, Karen Frazier, for topics ranging from the metaphysical to the unexplained. That's right. Every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and other times in the flyover states on MixLR, we will delve into all things paranormal. And along the way, we hope to entertain you and have a few laughs as well. So join us on Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark, exploring the unexplained. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with your hosts, Chucky G and Karen Frazier and our lovely guest, Katie Montana Jordan. And is that Monkey in the background? No, that's Spike. I think Jim Uh, might be coming home. This is about the time Jim Jim gets home from work. So the dogs are about to go off. I'll try to mute as soon as they do. But that's okay. And (laughs) and the lovely Spike. There you go. So we were like, we were chatting about, you know, the paranormal and the cult and all that cool stuff. Um, So I have a question. I know. Surprise, right? What? Um, what? what? Oh, okay. Don't let me forget, though, that we were going to talk about the Klondike, but ask your question first. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just want to know. Your head. I want to know what you think about in the field uh, teams not sharing information or having this drama thing going on. We're like, well, I can't share this with you. you He's not from here. He doesn't understand that we don't do that here. But anyway, well, go ahead. Yes. All right. Well, there are people out there that do this okay so I, this is an honest question so what do you feel about people that do do this even though it's not in oregon or washington what do you <laughs> that is a fabulous question i actually literally just had this conversation he's like right i actually literally just look at those guns had this conversation <laughs> with uh, my buddy and co-worker luke out of utah with nerd dome podcast i just did a spot with him not too uh, long ago, I think that's going to be released today or tomorrow. But um, out of Utah, um, I have met um, a lot of amazing paranormal researchers out of Utah. I have spent um, uh, a wonderful long weekend there in December working on a short doc with Luke and his team, Ghostface Paranormal. And um, I have uh, been told that uh, specifically from uh, colleagues in Utah that 
how we do it here in Oregon is so off the hook. And that is a, a direct quote that I got from somebody. And I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Uh, apparently, Karen, um, that uh, us here in Oregon and Washington, the way we're that... We're friends. Because we're friends. Because we're all so pretty. Um, that the way uh, we all work together and the way that we uh, consolidate our evidence and our information, that is apparently unheard of in the paranormal community. And we're constantly, yeah, we're constantly getting asked about that. And I had the same conversation with Neil McNeil down at the Klondike. I love and Neil McNeil. Hi, Neil. I know. <laughs> and because and he said he was talking to Lloyd Auerbach, and that's the same thing Lloyd said is that what happens in Washington and Oregon doesn't happen anywhere else. Yes, yeah, that's why I have an issue. I have an issue with that because it's like <laughs> you're so not going to. People ask us that question. We're like, "What are you talking about?" Well, because you're Fair not going to get far- You're not going to get farther in the field if you don't share evidence because one person is going to get this and you don't ever get that they get this so you're like okay so you have two parts to the puzzle but yet there's this wall where it's like no we can't share we can't share you you think about it you think about it like with um all areas of academic study um you've got doctors that are working and consulting with each other second opinion third opinion you've got scientists that are working alongside each other in the lab uh what's your opinion what's your opinion they're always working together they're always uh collaborating together and that's what you have to do in every field in every academic study how else are you going to progress and that's why we're in this we are in this to uh further the paranormal field and um we and and the in the research that that we get out of it and we can only do that by collaborating with other groups and that's why i'm so honored to be a part of such an amazing team that allows us to work with outside groups and all of our amazing co-workers and what um what karen just said uh, because of that, we've all become really good friends. We're a very tight-knit community here in Oregon and Washington, and we are super proud of that. I'm not a big fan of the term para-unity. <laughs> no, me either. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's, it's para-unity, baby. So, like, if some outsider, you know, came into the, the fold... We would uh, welcome would, we would welcome them with open oh, arms, wouldn't we? Thank baby? God. Oh, I don't know. I... <laughs> Maybe I not. Gonna, I'd have just, uh, I don't know. I thought there was maybe going to be some like hazing ritual or something like that where, you know, you, you put a blindfold on, you got to walk down the street or something, maybe walk into <laughs> the ocean or, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah, you have to spend a, an hour alone Uh-oh. with the occult specialist Uh-oh. to see what I she just, comes up with. <laughs> Karen's making faces. I'm giving her ideas. I shouldn't be talking like this. So. <laughs> I'm just, just kind of curious. Where there's a spot where there's mountain and ocean and we could have a <laughs> zip line from the mountain to the ocean. There we go. For yeah, Satan. Like, for Satan. Yeah, for Satan. That's wonderful. Awesome. Yes, okay. does, doesn't, doesn't every initiation involve nudity of yeah. some kind? And, of course, alcohol. Oh, yes. well, oh, yeah. then I'm coming. Nudity and you alcohol? Know, I'm there. Like I think, it's Let's like I think it. that every, every uh, Darwin Award starts with either hold my beer or watch this. Yes, seriously. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the Klondike. Um, yes. Because I've been there many times, and I think you've probably been there quite a few times as well. Yes. yes. So um, why don't you just, because it's, it's, it's a fantastic place. So tell people about it. It is a fantastic place. <laughs> um, the Klondike uh, is, um, we uh, had 
uh, a question on when we thought it was originally built. Uh, the website said 1910, and I think one of the, the patrons, yeah. one of the locals, said that she uh, read that it was built in 1906, so we're not sure. But uh, turn of the century, uh, the Klondike Restaurant and Bar uh, is what it's known as now, and it is in downtown, downtown St. Helens, Oregon, right along the river, and it used to be known as the Old St. Helens Hotel. So it used to be used as a, a housing for the mill workers down there working at the mill and it was also a brothel although um we were having a hard time exactly i always say that everything was a brothel yeah Yeah. um so we were having a hard time finding actual documentation to prove that it was a brothel and looking into that more we were having a hard time finding actual documentation um in general so uh we were asking questions like well was there a major fire was there some sort of a discrepancy with ownership and somebody took all of the documents and burned them or hid them or something so uh that really sparked my interest in the klondike even more so because uh we know that it's it's such a beautiful old active historic building but we couldn't find too much information on it so i i want to get to the bottom of that yeah yeah and a lot of the stuff that i found that i shared with you the research i stuff was like going through um old newspaper copies and just looking for something that confirmed a name that I knew at about a time that I knew. I mean, it was, it wasn't like I, you could Google it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You it's, so there is stuff, but what you have to do is almost have to piece it together from the little newspaper articles and things that you find. So yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy, but it's, it's a pretty haunted place and it's Mm -hmm. all throughout. But does does Ronnie let people come in? She used to not let people come in very much because you would kind of fatigue the entities there, which we noticed by the end of your your groups yeah, last week a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Helen was that two weeks ago. I um, don't know. As far I know, I don't <laughs> it's know. It's October. October. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, as far as I know, she does not allow people upstairs, so she will send one of her employees upstairs to, you know, take care of something, of course, but uh, that's why it was such a privilege for Oregon Paranormal to get asked to do an event there, and she gave us complete free range of uh, the second and the third floor, which apparently um, she doesn't do very often, so... Not often, no. Mm -hmm. But that's, I mean, so there's stuff in the restaurant and there's stuff in the basement, but it's really in the... um in the old hotel part that is where you pick up a lot of the interesting stuff. So what was, do you think the strongest thing that you picked up on while you were there? I was half obsessed with the three women that were running back and forth. (laughs) Those uh, at the very end of the hallway between those last two rooms, I felt very connected to them for some reason. And I, I had a hard time uh, concentrating on everything else that was going on around me because I, I I had to keep going back to them. And I don't think it was them coming back to me. They were just busy doing their thing. Remember, we were talking about what they were doing, and they were having fun, and they were playing. But I was so enthralled by it for some reason. So I spent um, most of my night just hanging out there in those two rooms. Yeah. Yeah, it's yep. a it's it's a great place in that it's the second floor is really where it's at. I don't think the third floor has nearly nearly the level of activity, maybe a little bit here and there, but that second floor is just gangbusters, all sorts right, of stuff right. going on there. Definitely. So yeah, and the first time I investigated it, you know that they have that spooky Halloween guy down in the entryway. <laughs> yes, I hate him. <laughs> well, he was up on the second floor at oh. the time. And like right by where the uh, right at the top of the stairs, 
by where that chair was and stuff and he was just leaning against the wall so you'd come trotting around that corner and forget he was there and then he'd be yeah. there and be like ah! boogity, boogity. <laughs> i know i hate that guy <laughs> yeah he was he was pretty terrible that's right so yeah i you guys did a great event there and the klondike is is a really neat place um and it is a privilege to be able to to get in there and do it and st helens has uh I, that's not the only haunted place in st helens Mm-mm. yeah you can feel it when you roll into town can't you Oh my goodness, definitely. And I was actually talking to one of our patrons about that that night. Um, uh, how, how much of it uh, may have been uh, related to the fact that it was literally right along the river. And um, one of the theories in uh, the uh, paranormal field is that uh, spirits or energies or entities may be able to use water as a conduit to travel or to manifest. So um, that sparked a really interesting conversation on one of our tours that night uh, discussing um, how much energy that the hotel slash brothel um, has within itself and then right next to another entity in itself the river and all of the activity like historical and human activity that the river had to have seen after all those years um, with uh, ports and everything that was coming and going and all of the the, the deaths and births and, and human emotions that were that are going to be contributed to the river itself and the river is right next to the brothels right next to the river. So uh, you've got these uh, two very powerful forces and they're right next to each other. So that opens up so many questions. Do spirits uh, travel back and forth between them? Are, are the spirits in the Klondike there because they want to be there? Are they there because they were floating down the energy of the river and they're stuck there? And these are all questions that we are trying to figure out. Yeah, I, I find it interesting because I look a lot into um, the, uh, the the location or the land, and I'm not talking about the history. I'm just talking about uh, energy within the land. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're talking about limestone, uh, even there's certain woods that can hold residual um, playback uh, or whatever you want to call it. That's what I call it. Um, I also found lately that um, you can actually look into the actual ground that a location sits on because, you know, like you use that when you do, it's really funny, when you when you do gardening, you're always looking for uh, uh, EMF current in the ground because it helps plants grow. So mm-hmm. um, using meters that you can plug into the ground to look to see, engage how much energy is coming out of the ground is another interesting uh, concept I, I looked into for, uh, you know, besides, of course, what's the foundation of the building built on and such like that. But I found that that's interesting, you know, because we're always outside looking for like, where's the electrical poles and, you know, where's the water and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But I found that if you look into that too, uh, it's another um, uh, source of possible energy that they could be, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, feeding off of, I guess. What do you think about that? Absolutely. No, I completely agree. I believe in a notion of solidarity. I believe that everything is connected to everything. I believe that we're all connected to each other. And um, and a, a very elementary way to explain that would be our levels of dimensions, our levels of planes. We're here on the earthly plane, apparently. The spirits are on the spirit plane, apparently. What have you, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's They're all levels of existence. We're all existing, or we think we're all existing. And that means that we're all in this together. Right, exactly. Yes. I, I mean, uh, you know, because you. Oh, so what's your concept on uh, three dimensions versus two dimensions? What's your what's your um, process on that? I don't know. Let me think about that for a minute. Okay, you just go ahead. And think about it. 
Um, let us know when you're ready to answer. Yeah, because I mean, I find that I find that to be fascinating too, where they where they, where they talk about that, where where possibly uh, you know uh, eleven uh, eleven dimensions. Yes, so they say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the word. That's what the mathematics bears out anyway in quantum mechanics is that there are eleven dimensions, but several are folded. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, no. Oh, Chuck hates it when I get all quantum physics to you, and I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> string theories, and I'll you know. Um, but I mean, I, I do find it interesting about the you know uh, the concept of uh, you know the, you know any anything is not really solid because it's the molecules and the frequencies in which they uh, move upon that make them a solid object. You know, so if you take that all away, you know, so our spirits just like because uh, I mean, to me, my thought process on a spirit is that they are what they call bioplas- bioplasma, um, sort of like uh, you know, like we all have auras, we all have this energy that comes off of us, they find that that energy is also uh, becoming uh, like a living organism. So it can also hold our consciousness, our thoughts, our emotions. So as we, we pass away, our, our, our bodies pass away, uh, these, this energy can hold all that. Uh, in essence, you could, I guess, look at it as the soul, you know, I guess, in a way. Um, yeah. So what do you think about that? I mean, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? I, I think that that is extremely plausible, and I think it's very likely. So what you just described is a notion of reincarnation. So if there is an, af- an afterlife, and if there is a soul, and when our physical body dies, we become disembodied. So what happens to what it was that our bodies were bodying, <laughs> embodying, essentially? Where, where does that go? Yeah. Um, so I... I think that uh, what you just said that uh, is also a theory behind how people uh, have past life memories and why people have reoccurring dreams and why some little kids have night terrors and they go to their parents and they say, hey, I I had a dream I died in a fire and giving their parent information and the parent was able to look that up and and validate it and not understanding where Mm -hmm. their their three-year-old got this information. Um, So, yeah, I think it's extremely plausible. And I think that our... Our, our religions and our faiths need to be a little bit more open-minded and a little bit more exposed and better educated to being more global in uh, discussion about afterlife and souls. Pass away and be, uh, you know, deceased for a long period of time, and then bring them back. And they're doing it over like thousands and thousands of people. And we're finding out that you know, because you know, your brain can last up to like ten minutes, I think, and that's uh, that's then after that it shuts down. So how are these people able to come back forty minutes later and say, well, I saw I saw myself in the room, I, and I could just conversation I heard and all that kind of stuff. So that tells me that you know our our essence is not really connected to the brain. I mean, there is a, a connection to the brain while we're alive inside, but I mean, as a whole, it's not really connected to the brain. It's, it's something much farther than that. Absolutely, I agree with that. Actually, um, I think that whether people want to call it their heart, their soul, their spirit, their pneuma, their energy, whatever it is. Um, it is their psyche. It is their person. It is their, their life essence. So uh, wherever it is that you think it comes from, we, we at least are able to surmise. We at least know enough now that we suspect very strongly that that's there. And that's what we do. We are out there trying to figure out how it's there and why it's there and how it is that it's able to communicate with us and how we can better communicate with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's uh, it, it's connection of 
I mean, to me, it's a connection of we're beings, they're beings. So, I mean, why wouldn't they be attracted to us energy-wise? I mean, being a psychic, you understand that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they be? Why, why wouldn't they not want to be attracted to us or, or want to connect with us? Because we're pretty much all one anyway. So it's just like being drawn like a magnet back and forth, you know, to um, exactly uh, souls. So, and I, mean, I that's think that's beautiful. I and what an honor that is. And this is actually something that uh, I bring up as often as I can because I think it's a good reminder for people in and outside of the paranormal field. Um, I can't tell you the amount of calls and emails that we get from people being freaked out about something happening in their house or in their place of work, a door being closed or hearing a voice or feeling a finger poking you, uh, things that our clients and potential clients feel that can't be explained. And um, I listen to them and I break it down for them okay this is the situation this is what happened so really what was so scary about it so unless there's an actual ghost that appears to you with a hatchet and the ghost says boogity boogity I'm a ghost I'm gonna kill you then that that would be scary but wait a minute wait 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 that is has that the never official, happened to me is that all the official the term for ghosts they say boogity 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 I've, I've, I've never heard <laughs> I never heard that before. Where I just like I turn around and go, "Did you see that ghost?" He goes, "Boogity, boogity." Yeah. You don't hear that, then you're not no. doing your job right, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm being dissed by the guest. Thanks very much. Well, it's okay. You know, it's it, that's what happens. You get smack talked at. This is uh, what we do. Uh, so, Katie, I you do the um, I I we call it a little bit different things, but essentially, you're the client relations person. You're the person who. Yeah. talks talks to clients how often do you feel like you probably are doing more counseling than anything else <laughs> i definitely feel like that quite a bit and it's a, a very nobling and humbling position to be put into because by the time our clients call us they are at their rope's end and they are either just so exhausted emotionally or they're they're downright terrified about something going on in their house and uh they just want to be listened to and they just want to be validated and that's my job um they just want to know that there's somebody out there that they can talk to and i'm not going to judge them and i'm not going to make them feel crazy yeah yeah it is it's a very it's a very humbling job and i come home or finish talking to a client on the phone because a lot of times we don't investigate i just wind up talking to people which i'm sure you do exactly yeah we rarely actually take cases yeah yeah but it's i am so grateful that i'm able to help them in some way yeah exactly i I absolutely love that that part of the job and that reminds me i i need to take a minute to say hi to scott scott who's in china hi scott we miss you buddy Hi, Scott in China. What's Scott doing in China? Oh, he's teaching. He's doing his thing. So when uh, Scott took a sabbatical from Oregon Paranormal, he was a client relations consultant. So I kind of got pushed into his job. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's not it's not what you think it's going to be. And um, I think it's important that especially people new to the field understand is that you don't take every case, but yeah. you can help 
in every case. Exactly. But that doesn't so that mean you take that, every case. Exactly. So we try to respond to everybody, and we try to do what we can do. But with that said, um, there are cases that we don't believe are necessarily paranormal or cases that are just um, out of our area of specialty, and we'll refer them to um, other cases or uh, other groups, I mean, or other coworkers. Uh, so, yes, we, we try to take every call, and we try to help, essentially, what you're what you just said um but in order for us to actually commit to doing a full-scale investigation there are so many steps that lead up to that in the first place right so some of the conversations i find are um delicate to have Mm -hmm. and so i would be really curious to know and i've i've been meaning to ask you this for a long time anyway so might as well do it on the air because sometimes (laughs) honest to god the conversation what i want it to be is you crazy (laughs) Um, because sometimes that is the case Uh, but so how do you how do you have those conversations and how do you gently guide them into seeking the right kind of help uh i'm i'm still learning because because i i i'm still learning to to be more more delicate in my words i'm i'm told that that i speak harshly sometimes <laughs> and I, I don't mean within work i mean the people in my life but i yeah. i'm very i'm very blunt by nature and i'm very honest so when i am on a para work call i have to well i choose to hold back because again it's my job to go in and to be completely unbiased and non-judgmental because i may not fully believe that my potential client is going through everything that they say they're going through. Um, but that's not my job. It's my job right. to believe that they believe that they're going through it. It's my job right. to put myself in their shoes and to uh, comprehend that the best way that I can. So, um, uh, I, but I don't, I don't make these calls by myself. I take the information and I go to my team members and we talk about everything. And I'll let my team members know what my impressions are. And um, that's why we all work so well together because we all have different backgrounds. So um, one of my team members may say, oh, well, I think this. So maybe the potential client needs this. And then we will um, construct something, either a simple phone call or we'll get together and do an actual client, um, a potential client witness interview. We'll do an actual walkthrough. We'll go and we'll meet them in person and we'll sit down and we'll start going through uh, paperwork and documents and uh, start um, documenting everything, start uh, with video and audio. And um, then if we are still left feeling like there isn't enough to warrant a full-scale investigation, we've at least uh, um, have gotten a better feel of the person themselves having met them and their environment, their home life, because most of our cases are private residences. And then Mm -hmm. we are uh, able to better meet their needs and take it from there yeah i find that it's difficult to gently steer someone towards sometimes the help they actually need (laughs) well but but sometimes it's not even that i mean honestly sometimes when i'm working with people what it is is that there's a lot of stress or discord in the home and what they're experiencing are you know pk incidences with exactly and, and those are hard to conversations to have too don't you think 
They really, really are, actually, yeah, (laughs) because you're talking about personal stuff, and you're talking about uh, things that are emotionally driven, and again, most of these cases are within people's homes, so these people are calling us, and they're inviting us into their houses, into their homes, and they're uh, showing us personal things, and they're sharing with us very personal things, and that is, uh, like I said, very, very noble. I think it's a very nobling and very, very um, honoring, because we've got people that need help and they call us and nothing I don't think there's anything that feels more wonderful than that and again if uh, we can't help them then we refer them to somebody um, that we think can help them so again it's a question of solidarity we're all in this together yeah well so you're an empath too right Mm -hmm, I am and so when you're talking to somebody who's very emotional, what happens to me is when I'm talking to somebody who's very emotional, I cry. Yeah. And I can't help it. And I always say, I'm sorry, this is just the way I am. Do you have some way of not? <laughs> <laughs> um Yes, I'm getting better about that. I'm learning to be more non-emotional, at least with the, the first and second phone calls. It's a primary communication that the potential client has with Oregon Paranormal. Um, But I do the same thing because um, one of my natural bodily triggers is that um, my eyes get really watery and my eyes get really glassy because you know how a lot of people get um, the hair standing up on on the back of their neck or you know how we get get goosebumps. We get those actual uh, physical and natural alarms from um our our natural environment around us and a lot of people just take that as oh that was nothing i got goosebumps that's your body connecting on on um a different level that that your brain or your heart may not be able to understand or catch up with primarily within that moment and it's little things like that i think they're just little little alarms and little triggers that people need to take uh, pay more attention to but for me um I, I learned to hold it back. I'm a natural crybaby anyways. I cry all the time. Everything makes me cry. Like stupid commercials on TV make me oh, cry. Oh, yeah, me too, yeah. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, my eyes will get really glassy and really watery. I've seen, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen you get that. <laughs> I know you have. I'm like, yeah. I'm not crying. I'm not crying. I'm listening. I'm fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right, Katie. <laughs> I know, yeah. So I look like the crazy one. <laughs> I just always say, and, and usually, like on the initial calls and stuff, you're right, but when I start to talk to people, and like, I was talking to a gal this last Saturday, and um, I just happened, she was asking some stuff, and I happened to pick up on her parents, and so I was just writing it down because I was in a group, yeah. and I didn't, and then I sat down with her afterwards, and I handed her the paper, and she looked at the paper and burst into tears, so of course, me, instead yeah. of being like, oh, yes, well, that's nice, I was like, Ugh! Yeah, <laughs> I said, no, I'm sorry. It's it's I'm empathic. <laughs> it's I'm really not upset. <laughs> I know. Yep, we can't help it. Yeah, I've I've just learned to go with it. I am who I am. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> I used to try so hard because I'm a crybaby too, and so I used to try so hard to never let anybody see me cry. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh well, I'm I'm glad you changed your mind about that. I think that. Uh, because life is short, I think that people need to make a point to be more true to themselves. If you feel something, allow yourself to feel it. If you want to say something to somebody, say it. Do what you want to do. Be who you are. Yeah. Well put. Thank I you. have a question. I have a question. Yes, um, okay, so um, 
So you're in a you're in a you're you've gone to a location, you've done all your homework, they say uh it's Aunt Mary, she's haunting the place and you know, this is what we think. You go in there, okay, and you are also psychic, and now you're picking up on totally different stuff than what they're thinking is going on. How do you deliver this to the client? You know what I mean? Saying, No, it's not Aunt Mary, it's some lady from like the eighteen hundred, you know what I mean? How do you how do you how do you how do you take everything they were believing was happening because they're 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 correct in the assumption that there is activity, they're just not correct in the assumption of said activity. So how do you approach that and tell them that because you know some people when you go in like for instance oh, I've done it where you go in and you, and you find well look there's really it's not really paranormal you know what I mean and they get very upset you know they're they like they want oh, no, it to be know? something so yeah, bad they're so exactly. married to the story that they've made up about it yeah so how, how, how do you how do you deal with that on because it's kind of like Johnny on the spot thing you know how do you deal with that yeah um that is going to be circumstantial, so it's going to depend on, um, of course, I guess the the level of emotion that mm-hmm. the client is feeling. Um, if because yes, uh, we get calls of uh, people who who feel very strongly that the person that they hear making um, you know footsteps in their kitchen at night has to be my grandpa. It has to be my grandpa. So um, I just want you to come in and I just want you to confirm that confirm that for me. So we'll do EVP work and you know they're expecting to hear their grandpa's voice or a male's voice and of course nothing that the client was expecting comes up. And a lot of times uh, the client does get disappointed because they have this um, preconceived notion in their in their mind and that's fine because it's their house, it's their life. We don't want to tell them something that they don't want to hear but at the same time we're not going to lie. Uh, you called this in and you asked us to do a job for you and we're going to do it as thoroughly as possible. So um, the way we handle it is again we just we listen and we validate and then we uh, very politely bring up the possibility of, uh, hey, well, you know, even though you were expecting uh, for us to find evidence of your grandpa and that didn't happen this time, um, we can certainly come back and investigate again if you'd like us to. Uh, there are different different possibilities, different reasons behind why maybe grandpa didn't show up tonight if it really is your grandpa. However, we did find other evidence that we believe is not your grandpa and we take okay. it from there. And that usually... That usually- works for the most part i mean oh absolutely yeah and i think it's just it's all about respect it's just uh talking to um our clients with respect and again just always listening to them and making them feel validated and um essentially educating them and uh being put in a position where we are able to expose people to different things and different theories and one of those is um you know my line of work occultism and paganism and helping people understand what's what Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure I got, I'm going to have the answer. I already know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. So, you go into a location. Um, I mean, my 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 feelings are, especially if you're in with a client, you know, not versus some giant location where you're just trying to gain gain data. But mm-hmm. if you're in a client's home, uh, it's 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 important to respect the other side as well as the living. Uh, because when you go in there, it's kind of a twofold thing, you know. You don't know what, yes. you know, what's happening on from the other side's aspect of it. Because you know they didn't bring you in, but maybe there's a reason why they're there. You know, if they're trying to get a message across, whatever. Sometimes if they're not, they're just like, hey, I'm just here and I'm having a good time. But um, so, do you feel the same way? Absolutely, and I'm so glad you said that because when I said. Um 
how important mm-hmm. it is to talk to everybody with respect, I was also not just referring to the living. So uh, we're being asked to come in and talk to uh, possible dead people that are walking around a person's house. So um, looking at that for a second, let's say that there, for argument's sake, let's say that there is a deceased person at um, this person's house. And um, if this person is in fact a person, was a person, they were human, then mm-hmm. how are they different than us? They're just dead now. And they may be confused about why they're still there. Maybe they're not confused about why they're still there, but that's why we're there. And hopefully we can figure that out and hopefully we can better communicate with said spirit. But um, that's why it's always important to look at it from the twofold angle, like you just said, the living and and the non-living. So um, let's say that there's, um, let's go back to that um, uh, predicament with uh, the house with um, the uh, old man. So the, the grandpa. So mm-hmm. let's say that this grandpa um, was a grouchy old rickety man in his living life. And, you know, we've all had grandpas like that. Um, that uh, he, you know, didn't like having family over. He didn't like company. So why, why would we surmise that he uh, wasn't any different while he was still dead and still living in his house, even with a new family living in it so he's still going to be grouchy he's still not going to be a big people person and we need to respect that we need to figure out the best we can who they are and how to communicate with them and meet their needs just as well as the living okay yeah katie uh patty has a question for you she says in your experiences do you feel the line between the paranormal and the metaphysical overlapping oh my goodness absolutely (laughs) like like so much that it's it's all the same to me now. I, I don't even see lines anymore. It and it yeah. gets more exciting every day and every call and every investigation and every new person I meet. And again, that's why it's so important that we marry the scientific and the psychical side of things because they're both so relevant and one can't survive without the other. So yes, Patty, that was a great question. Yeah, it's I it is. It's it's one and the same thing. And and it's sometimes it's difficult to take um both the metaphysical and the technical approach. Uh, at least it's not difficult as a team to do it, but sometimes it's difficult to have your clients understand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the approach. Yeah. And that's why it's funny. We have a, a lot of cases where people will specifically say, we don't want a psychic. Don't bring in a psychic. Or we have those people that are like, we really need a psychic. Like mm-hmm. we don't understand your, your, you know, your hibbity. Your instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, just bring in a psychic. <laughs> I know. Well, we we always we we always kind of we don't bust out the whole, you know, we have psychics on our team thing right away. We talk to the clients first and eventually we usually bust out the whole psychic thing anyway. <laughs> yeah. And with that said, um I I don't even like to call myself a psychic. I have no problem. I have so much respect for the people that that do refer themselves as a psychic, but I for me, I just feel like it's a term that's not worthy enough for me to refer myself to. Yeah, you just, you're, it's intuitive. I understand. I actually, um, I use it just because it explains to people. Yeah, that makes sense. What, totally. Yeah, what I do. But yeah, I just, um, I tell Jim, and Jim says it sounds like a humble brag or disingenuous, and it's not. I tell Jim that I just. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. I, I, every time I bust out some information that's then confirmed, I'm absolutely shocked. I know, me too. Because I'm 100% certain I made it up. Yeah, <laughs> because we're crazy. <laughs> yeah, because I'm crazy. <laughs> exactly. I know. Go ahead with the question, Chuck. 
Yeah, that's okay. And I don't, I know nothing about being a psychic. I have no abilities whatsoever. Um, uh, so, okay. So Bob asks, how do you deal with a family when one mem- family member thinks the whole paranormal experience is BS and doesn't really <laughs> want you there? I cannot tell you how often we. Well, see that this. never happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's extremely frustrating um, because, yeah, we have to not only conclude evidence the best of our ability, but we also have to explain ourselves along the way, and mm-hmm. that's difficult and it's deterring. But if that's what the client needs if if we need to explain things a little bit better for them and if we can uh, leave an investigation and leave a situation and leave a case knowing that we at least um, offered some exposure to a a non-believer or a skeptic then then that makes me personally happy I think everybody needs to be better educated and be more open-minded yeah, well, I think, you know, like what we like to do is like, you know, when you say, hey, if you have a pet or something, you need to move it out of the area when you're trying to do the investigation to, I just say, can you, and anybody that, had, that doesn't believe us, just can you move them out of the <laughs> area so that when we come in, it's only the believers, that would make it really much easier for us. That's there's always, there's that. always that one, one guy in every crowd who's standing there with his arms folded, just looking oh, at you out of the corner yeah. of his eye. There's, that guy's always there. Like, God, there, I, I saw a couple of those eye rollers in the uh, last event, oh, like, yeah. like two days when ago. You presentation you yeah you see them in the next, and there's a lady like this just kind of go i'm like oh <laughs> yeah she's believing everything i got to say you know but yeah. you know that's okay you can't everybody can't believe it's all right i understand you know so it's cool yeah and that's the thing of it this is our job um trying not to take things personally you know we're not out there to convince anybody of anything we just want to no. do our job and we want to help the people that ask for our help okay so here's a question the most profound experience to date since you've been doing investigations, whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to think of it as profound, what would it be for you? Oh my goodness. Most profound experience to date. Yes. That for me was probably, this was probably, gosh, maybe two years ago now. Um, I think I may have even talked about this in April at the Oregon Ghost Conference. Now I don't remember. Um, I had, I actually got a, uh, attacked. I got touched by um, an unseen entity and all I could see were his hands and I thought it was a male because the hands were um, really big, like huge manly hands and I could see the hands but they cut off at the wrist. Mm -hmm. So like What's what's that that hand on the Adams family? What's his oh it or thing or yeah something like that? I don't I don't know yeah but um, that's what it was and it was two hands and I was laying in bed. And the two hands came at me and wrapped themselves around my throat, and they were trying to choke me. And um, I very often, because I am so sensitive, I very often get touched when um, I'm investigating and when I'm not investigating. I'm just used to being touched. And um, this was the first time that I had ever been psychically attacked by something. And... um, I I don't remember how long it lasted, if it was three seconds, if it was 30 seconds, if it was 10 minutes, but it it terrified me after me being in this line. I've been in this line of work for so many years, and um, I've seen a lot. This was the one thing that really, really scared me, and I was so scared, um, and I thought that I was downright crazy. I kept it to myself for months. I didn't tell anybody about it for months because I needed to fig- I needed to figure it out for myself first. I, I needed to process what happened. Okay. So... Um, I eventually went to uh, William, William Becker, 
um, who's a professional psychic medium, and um, he uh, knew about it before I even brought it up. I was like, hey, buddy, we need to talk. Like, I'm finally ready to, like, talk to somebody about this. And he was like, oh, yeah, I saw it. It happened, and this is who it was. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've, I've been sitting on this, like, literally questioning my, my own sanity for months. Like, why didn't you pick up the phone and call me, William? Oh, by the way. So what's really fascinating about that is that William said that he felt very strongly that the man that was attacking me, that it was some sort of a psychical residual uh, retribution from a past life. So I apparently hmm. did something that made this gentleman very angry. Interesting. That is yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. I woke up one time with a hand above my face and freaked out, and then I realized it was my arm. <laughs> my hand was dead. Isn't that the most? Re- I did. I woke up. I was like, "Oh, it's me." Oh, it's you scared me. yourself. Wow. <laughs> scared the crap out of myself. All right. Well, Katie, we have come to the time where it is time to shamelessly self-promote. So tell our listeners where they can find you, where you'll be, what you have going on, all oh of that good gosh. stuff. No shame. Um, so <laughs> this weekend, actually, we do have our big Port Gamble Ghost Conference up in Washington, and I am starting off the event. I'm going to be the first speaker. I'm super excited about it. I'm going to be talking about occultism and its relevancy and misconceptions, and um, that's going to be at 6.30 uh, tomorrow night in Port Gamble, and then um, we're going to be there all weekend long, and uh, Casey it's on Saturday. I don't remember what time, but um, uh, Casey Goodwin, he's going to be doing a live broadcast of Oregon Paranormal Radio with Michael White and Pete Orbia and Neil McNeil. That's going to be a super exciting show. And then, um, so that's coming up this weekend. And then I also believe I'm going to be at Crypticon in Seattle in May. So that's super exciting. Um, Joe Teeples and I have been discussing possible lecture topics. And I asked Patty to help me with that, actually. Patty uh, texted me the other day and she's like, I'm really good at coming up with topic ideas. So I put her on the spot. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> good. And website, other things? Um, oh, yeah. So uh, my personal Twitter is K Montana Jordan. And I also run Oregon Paranormal Twitter. So that is or paranormal. And uh, yeah, I'm on I'm on Facebook. And um, I've got my my Oregon Paranormal email that I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Well, I hopefully I'll get to see you this weekend. Um, we'll see if we can work something out because I know Jim is off Sunday and we were talking about going somewhere. So maybe maybe we'll pop up to Port Gamble because oh, it's so be pretty wonderful. up there. Yeah, and see both see both the Katies. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna be staying with her. Um, I so know she's been sending pictures of the the little cottage. I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. I'm, oh, and I also wanted to mention because I have no shame. Um, that um, Oregon Paranormal, um, I'm sorry, I mean, I get all my paranormals mixed up, that um, Paranormal Underground Magazine is going to be seeing a lot more submissions from me. So after oh, the, great. I know. <laughs> Yay, great. I know. <laughs> so after my busy season here, so uh, that's what I, I want all of our, our listeners to, to know about. It would be Port Gamble first and foremost, and then looking out for um, uh, more, more of my work, more of my writing. I have a lot coming out. Great. Cool. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always good to talk to you. I hope I see you this weekend. Like I say, stop by tomorrow on your way up. I'll be at the museum. All right. Cool. Okay. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Uh Good night.
Bye. All right. Katie Montana, Jordan, everybody. Um, good person and just really a lot of fun and uh, fun to investigate with because she investigates like me. And seriously, it's like everything I pick up, she picks up too. So it makes me feel better about myself. It's, it's like your twins. Yes, exactly. Like, like we're twins from another mother and like with probably, you know, many, many years between us. <laughs> Twin beings. How nice. I know. Cheryl. Yes. Hey. Cheryl. Hey. 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 How you doing? Good. How's it going? Is How's Chad mad that we told his blanket fart story? For about a second. And then he, and oh, then he, and it's he's okay. He's all good now. Well, but now we've brought it up again. So. Yeah, we all fart, right. right? We all, we all, we all exude the gas, so we're all good. You know, I think it's all it, good. I think it w- was either one paranormal or two a uh, night vision. <laughs> well, he, well, so, I, say this, I say this because he has night terrors, but it wasn't a terror. It was a. Um, oh, he relief? has night terrors. Was it relief? Is that what you're saying? It was no, relief. He was totally, <laughs> right? It was not a scary. Thing. That's number three. Well, it's it was, just. <laughs> it was a calm thing. Come on, I think it I heard happens it say all the time. Whoa! Did it really? Or said Red Rob? No, it's that. Haven't you ever seen that um, Saturday Night Live most yes. haunted sketch with the <laughs> the part that rewinds and unwinds? Okay, so next Funny. next yes. week next yes. week is our big Halloween show. Are you guys going to wear costumes so I can no. see? No, I'm not wearing costumes. I'm going to be the only one in my cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah, pretty howdy, much. Howdy, howdy, I'm practicing. I don't have a costume. I don't have a don't costume. Have what am I supposed to wear? I have to because, you know, party 500 kids. <sighs> so we're going to see you as cowgirl. Yeehaw! Ah, uh, cow middle-aged woman. <laughs> Come on, let's go cowgirl. Why do you have to throw the age thing in there? You know, it's Anyways, as old as you feel. Uh, that's yes. right. That's anyway, right. Cheryl. Yes. So next week is our big Halloween show. Yes, it is next week, October 29th. That's a Thursday. We are going to be talking with Winter Bellfire about magic and lore. And Winter is a columnist for Paranormal Underground Magazine and has been for for quite some time now. And, of course, she writes the magic and lore column. Uh, We're like the Borg. Paranormal Underground Magazine is like the Borg. (laughs) We just assimilate everybody in our path to write for us. I, it's so true, but I, I feel so lucky that, that people actually agree to do it. So That was um, my nerdy Star, Star Trek um, reference for the day. I'm actually very proud of you for that reference, Karen. Thank you. Yes. Winter Bellfire is a writer, poet, paranormal researcher, and occultist, and has been so for about 20 years. Uh-huh. Uh, she also is interested in uh, reading tarot cards, doing mm-hmm. pendulum work, as mm-hmm. well as ever, other forms of divination. Mm-hmm. I think her name's just cool. That's her name is just come on, seriously. That's like medieval times all the way. That's a that's a bellfire. So so what else we have? You you mentioned Neil is going to be on when we were talking about him earlier. Yeah, Neil McNeil. You you were talking about Neil a little bit earlier in the show tonight, and he will be our guest on November fifth. Great. So that's the week after Halloween. So stay tuned and. Um, We'll talk to him about what he's up to now and in his paranormal research as well as his paranormal classes that he teaches. Well, and he does the Reiki and um, Reiki. stuff too. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff we can talk to him about. And then the week after, November 12th, we will be welcoming William Hall on. He's the author of two true stories, The Haunted House Diaries, the true story of a quiet Connecticut town in the center of a paranormal mystery. And his second book, the newer book, is called The World's Most Haunted House. 
I'm sorry. The, the first one I just read is his newest book. The second one is The World's Most Haunted House, The True Story of the Bridgeport Poltergeist on Lindley Street. Ooh. Fun. Those sound like great shows that we have coming up. And then the week after is the first broadcast where Chucky and I will be not only in the same state and in the same building, but even in the same room. God help Oregon. Oh. I know. <laughs> I'm coming to their state. They're going to go like, this guy is never allowed in here ever again. You notice I'm not bringing him up to Washington on this first visit. It's just yeah. not happening. <laughs> wow. I did notice what that. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> That's so mean. Oh, oh, my God. You're welcome here anytime you know that. I know. It's just mm. the way you said it. I Well, I'm sorry. It's- if, you cut me, if you cut me, shall I not bleed? Yes, what, Cheryl? Oh, you looked like you had something to say. Was, that was pretty poetic there. Boy, thank you. Um, I, I want to give a little a little promo for our October issue, which is upcoming next Oh, good. Year. I wanted to ask you about it. So now I, you beat me to it. I don't have to. You don't have to. I just want to give a little teaser. We're going to have someone on the cover of the magazine for October that we've been trying to We've been trying to, to for years. For years and years, actually, since the beginning of the magazine. Yes. And um, he's going to be our, our spotlight Q&A. And you may have heard of him. His name is Josh Gates. He who? Has, who is it? Who? Who? Who's that? Who? Who's that? He has appeared on, well, he, 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 he started and hosted the two different shows. The first one was yeah. on Sci-Fi. It's, it was Heck yeah. Destination Truth. My favorite. Yep. No longer on the air, but it was a fantastic show. You should it's check nice. it out somewhere if you can. And then his current show is on the Travel Channel. It's called Expedition Unknown. Mm-hmm. The two shows are, are obviously a bit different. The first one was more uh, paranormal in nature. The second one is more of an exploration of different unknown legends and mysteries. Hey, I, I, that guy could read the phone book. I wouldn't care because I'd laugh. He makes me laugh. It's just he's funny. funny. Yeah, he's yeah. a funny guy. And we have we have we have been adjacent to Josh Gates many times in the history of the magazine and the show. But this is the first time that he's actually decided to to talk to us. So did you did you manage to pull that off, Cheryl? Was that you? Well, I'm I'm not. No, I'm not going to actually take any credit. I just asked <laughs> our 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 really cool and helpful. Oh, our travel channel. travel channel who are always very gracious and helpful to us and yes. it worked out yeah we have had we have been so lucky we've had wonderful contacts at the travel channel who have hooked us up with all sorts of stuff over the years and yeah. so you know can't give enough credit to them so what else is going to be in october uh we are going to have a very cool article from chuck about his psychic journey Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Hey. Chuck, okay. G himself. It's a journey now, is it? It's a journey. Yeah, it is a journey, it trust is. me. It is. We are having uh, we're we're finally wrapping up. I'm actually sad we're wrapping it up, but Karen Finally. finally. No, I didn't mean it like that at all. Yeah, there you go. It's been going on for like five months. Oh my months. god, we're finally wrapping this it's damn thing up. Five it was a five parter that Karen wrote for us and it was a, it basically was talking about the metaphysician's role in paranormal investigation, essentially. Ooh. Really simplifying the whole thing. But um, it, it's if you haven't read it yet, go back to our past few four issues and then read the conclusion in the October past issue. Past 12 issues, yeah. it's been going on yeah, forever. So. But the great thing is I haven't had to turn in a column for like five <laughs> months. Nice. Right? Yes. Way right right. to work that out, yeah. So I'm sad it's wrapping up, too. I know. Yep. I don't even know if anybody's even still reading it after the hell. Oh my God, not this again. <laughs> I I think it's it's a, a great in depth look at not only 
researchers who have paved the way um, for others to follow, um, but also a look at responsibility of metaphysicians and even paranormal investigators in the field as far as their role and what who are they really trying to help what are they trying to accomplish um what else karen what am i missing there's a lot oh i don't know it's been so long ago that i wrote it but yeah i mean it, and that's it it's a lot of the stuff that you hear me talk about anyway is is what um that you know this isn't just a an exciting fun hobby it's we have a responsibility in what we're doing and and so that's what the article's about yep. yeah check it out lots of other good stuff you know our usual haunted sites columns cryptids um anything ufos aliens anything you can think of magic and lore all sorts of good stuff good stuff all right well it is time guys so um hey are we have we been on mixlr for a month yet what have we Almost. Pretty close. Four weeks. Pretty close. Four weeks. This is our this is our fourth show yeah. on MixLR. We've we've made it our first four weeks. Oh, thank and God! And the, the new station smell is starting to wear off. Well, yeah. Now it smells it's, like feet. Well, smells like shocked. feet and farts and stuff. Hey, hey. <laughs> usually, you know what it usually smells All like. Now, smells burned my, it smells like burned microwave popcorn. That's what every office mm, smells like. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a good smell, though. There's something wrong with that, you know. Burned microwave popcorn. I could All right, it. so here's the deal. Thank you to our guest, Katie Montana Jordan. Yeah, she is awesome. Yeah, and um, please come back next week when we will be talking to Winter, Winter Balefire, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, about, you know, Halloween-y stuff. We'll be talking witches and it's lore and spooky things. Oh, for God's sake. I'm sorry. Up. I'm a guy. I know. Um, and now you just... Threw me off my stride. I tried to end the show earlier, so now I'm just going to take us to break. No. So we will be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. in Chicago, Illinois, and other times in the flyover states. Can I call on the flyover state? Yeah, I usually don't. Can I call on the flyover states when you're out? Yes. Yes. Okay, yes, good. Yeah, All, right. Yes. All right. All right. Um, so please come back next week here on MixLR. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. You guys have a great week. Good night. Good night, good night, good night, good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something 